Hi, this is Doc Jones, the resource investor. I'm here with Abitibi Metals today talking with Martin Demirs and John Deleuze, the CEO and uh, key executives. Now, uh, before I, I introduce them and bring them on, I'm just going to lay out my thesis for this here. So we have a company that recently acquired a large deposit in Quebec, the B26, which has approximately about 12 million tons of copper equivalent at about 3%. So in situ value, you uh, do this in a constant currency so that it's easy for people to track my thinking here. So you've got an in situ value of about $3.7 billion of metal that is conceptually mineable. Uh, you have market cap of the company currently sits at $31 million. The cost of to redrill this resource, it was done by Tukwum. Uh, 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 they did 115,000 meters, which in today's dollars would cost you about 35 million to do this resource again, plus a couple of years, which you're saving that time on. So now the company is basically valued at negative 4 million, in my opinion. Plus, they raised 15 million in cash. If you back that out, you get an enterprise value of approximately about 17 million Canadian uh, for a, a large mineable potentially mineable resource of 12 million tons of 3% copper equivalent that more importantly is open for expansion to two or three X. And it's trading at basically at an enterprise value about one and a half cents per pound copper equivalent in the ground or at one fifth of 1% of the in situ value of that. And you get a company that has uh, over 60% of the stock is controlled by family offices, strategic investors and insiders. Uh, yeah, so that's the exciting thing. And the two main commodities that drive revenue in this deposit are both copper and gold, both of which, which are in very good bull markets, in my opinion. We have gold at hovering around all-time highs, and the macro environment for copper is very strong with the electrification, the uh, refurbishing of, uh, you know, the uh, infrastructure for, for green energy. As well as what we're seeing now, the markets are a little dislocated because people thought we were going to have a recession. If you look at the global forecast for GDP globally, the global GDP is going to grow, not robustly, but, but well enough. So you're starting to see that people are looking at things and going, oh, oil is not going to go into a bear market. It's pushing $80 a barrel. Copper is is hanging in there above 350 looking to go to 4 and probably 5 in the next year or two. So that's my thesis on this, uh, in a nutshell, and, and we'll get into more of it as we talk with John and Martin. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. Great. How are you, uh, Doc? It's nice to see you again. Yeah, nice to see you again, too. Uh, I was, uh, it's, it's been, been very, very exciting being a part of this story. Um, so for people who don't know the company, I was wondering if you could just get a quick overview of how the company was formed. And uh, and also why uh, you decided to pick up this project? What about this project are, are you passionate about that 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 made you want to you know change the direction of the company, so to speak, away from the, the gold property to uh, the B twenty six? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's been a very exciting few years leading up to this point. I think we've been in a in a, in a challenging market which so we i founded the company and brought it public in march of 2020 uh, with martin's help we found our gold asset that's still in the company Beshfer, um in in march of 2021 we auctioned that from wallbridge and we drilled about 9,000 meters and we were able to meet some 
some key objectives that I'm sure we'll talk further about. But really, um, over the last year and a half or so, the the junior mining conditions were very difficult on on junior gold companies. So it, uh, it had us make the tough decision to wind down operations, but but take advantage of what was available in the market. What was available in the market was opportunities that were trading on pennies on the dollar uh, that aren't around when markets are good. So we looked at, well, what what is our what are what's our best move to do here? Uh, we believe that Beshfer is a strong asset. It wasn't getting the love that we think it will in a good gold market. So we, given, as you mentioned, myself, my family office being the largest shareholders, it's very crucial for us to manage dilution and, and move the company forward while building value for all of our shareholders. So during that process, we looked at five, 10 plus assets focused on something that had a current resource or was near resource. And we were able to secure what I believe was the best opportunity at the B26 deposit. And why we're quite excited about that is one first and foremost is this has never been valued in the public markets. This has been developed by our very strong partners at Solquim that we're very fortunate to be given this opportunity, given how rare of an asset that this really is. The fact that, as you mentioned, just out under 12 million tons at 3% copper equivalent across the two categories. We're starting with a, a resource that's quite significant and, and quite high grade. And really, it's it, it checks a lot of the boxes, the location, the infrastructure, the the great partners that we have at Picogan First Nations that are very supportive of the project and our work there. So really, the metallurgy was 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 clean and we'll get into that further. So really, this, I think, is a once in every 10 or year, 10 or 20 year opportunity. These these come up very rarely, and we were able to propose to Soquam that we we operate with a lot of integrity. We're very tightly structured. That a position in Abitibi would see a lot of torque to recognize the value that they've created to date. So getting off on a tangent, but you like <laughs> a lot of exciting stuff here that 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 have combined to to really hit and I think really exceed. Uh, our expectations, market expectations as of today. But what are your thoughts, Martin, on what uh, has you excited about uh, B26? Yeah, for me, it's about the uh, our deposit geology. Uh, when you look at the ABTB in the past, there were similar stories based on similar deposits. Um, to name a few of them, the Labrand story, uh, more recently, Normetal with Amex, they are all based on uh, similar geological contexts. Um, where we see the combination between uh, VMS polymetallic deposit with gold-rich structure or gold-rich endowment inside the VMS. So we are not in, in new ground. It's it's well-established. They're well-supported example for building uh, a, a, a nice uh, story uh, from this type of uh, geological context. Yeah, well, we, we were talking before off camera for a few minutes, and, and we got a bit into the into the uh, the deeper end of, of the geology of it, being on bimodal felsic, and and you're you're, you're seeing uh, like large grain uh, crystals mineralization, which which relates to uh, you were talking about in New Brunswick how some of those deposits because it's so, so fine grain that the recoveries and, and the extraction of the metals economically is a challenge. Whereas here. Uh, you've got the larger grains uh, crystal crystallization as well as you have the zonation of the deposit and the deform deformation. We're talking about the 
classic DMS is like the ice cream cone, but um, but in this case, there's been deformation and whatnot, so it's it's been shifted on its side. So you have this vertical almost column of, of the copper zone, the stock work, and then you've got this vertical column of, of the, uh, the zinc, uh, which certainly uh, goes a long way down the road in a production scenario where you, where you can uh, you know have your production streams and, and also develop your 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 uh, processes uh, as far as uh, ramp access and just spiral around it and just do your stopes and yeah so uh, you you have you have a somewhat of a new geological model that John had mentioned uh, so how are you looking at this deposit now um yeah initially the deposit was well documented uh, in in the literature very very uh, fast the federal government uh, put some researchers on 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 them because it, it was uh, all work with uh, with SOCWEM, more governmental oriented uh, organization so it's there's a good background in the in the literature um, also SOCWEM worked very well uh, there's a strong database uh, attached to the project so we took we took the data and uh, we just played with uh, with interpretation and uh, uh, just to test if there's more structural impact on the distribution of uh, of grade, uh, the separation of metals too. So we we decided to work uh, the different metals separately: the copper, zinc, gold, and and silver. And we arrived with uh, something which is more well defined structurally. So instead of, uh, for example, having the the two uh, the two lenses, the zinc rich and the the, the copper stringer um, lying down together in in a parallel way. We we are able to see that there's uh, there's concentration, higher grade concentration, controlled by different different plunges, different structural axes, and each uh, each metals se seems to uh, to uh, to follow different different slightly different trends. So the um, in in practice, it it will have an impact on the drill planning and the way we want to approach to approach the deposit. So there's uh, we can decide to go. To go further with uh, a low-grade approach, close to surface, trying to define larger uh, low-grade halo. But also, uh, if we go deeper, we can adjust the um, ad ad adjust or or refine the drill pattern just to follow uh, trends with some type of uh, of grade cutoff. Yeah, that's great. It's great. So uh, the current drilling that you've done now, without getting in trouble with regulators or anything. Do you feel that you've been successful thus far proving up this this new uh, uh, you know thesis as far as the structural um, of of the distribution of the uh, the grade? Yeah, so far um, we are able to observe in the core that that the the model is is working, the approach is okay. working. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. That's great. That's great. So um, I remember, John, when we first uh, first spoke um, right after the acquisition, uh, you were you were talking. At, we had a chat about how how looking at the historic deposit and that because of the extremely uh, low cutoff grade that they use, because they were using metal prices, like for example, they were using copper at uh, fifty five hundred a ton. Now we're at eighty one hundred a ton. They use gold at twelve hundred, which we're at two thousand. And change in silver, they use 16, and we're now at 22. And um, 
you had said uh, that you were looking at initially to do a bunch of short holes to define a uh, uh, potentially a, a larger open pit resource uh, that would would anchor the project as well. So, are are you still pursuing that, and 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 how as investors should we should we be looking at this project as far as what is the I guess what what is what is the uh, the point of no return, so to speak, as far as tonnage to bring this over the line, as far as for to go to a feasibility study or a uh, you know production scenario. Yeah, well, I think we're 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 we followed through with that mandate. Really, the Q1 drilling, which will be a minimum of ten thousand meters on V26, uh, a large portion of that budget is testing that potential bed bulk tonnage open pit model that would extend from the high grade to the north, connecting the bedrock interface to the north. So a good amount of our drilling has been situated on testing those initiatives, some that are that are set up on sections with no with no drilling historically. So mm -hmm. we are open, we could open up new areas through that and also show that this mineralization extends well outside of the current boundaries of the deposit and we hope to achieve opening up uh supporting what we believe is a is a strong bulk tonnage open pit case to combine with pretty much a solely underground deposit from 2018 so really taking the view of how do we deliver value most cost efficiently for shareholders and if mm -hmm. we're able to prove that thesis we're going to be able to build tonnage more cost efficiently. We'll be able to lower the benchmark of delivering an economic PEA, and and really, pro and and to your part of your question of where is that threshold that we need to get this over the line? And I think being able to build a strong case around this type of potential will lower that cutoff or sorry that tonnage that will be required to have a serious look at this on a pre-fees and, and feasibility basis. So that's why that's been a big object, objective for us in the first quarter and trying right. to look at where's the low hanging fruit. And we believe that that's within testing the open pit potential and the first 300 meters vertical. Like for example, we have one of our two drills set up on the Western satellite target, which is following up on a, on a completely isolated potential zone to the West. So we're drilling a grid around that historical mineralization to see if we can connect that in with the overall system. So we do have a combined approach to address multiple objectives, but within the first 300 meters vertical before we take uh, uh, a deeper approach for the spring and summer. Okay, that's good. And uh, at, at what point do you plan to do a resource update? Is it after the... Oh, I'll let you... So I think we, we have started when I was in Valdor over the last week and we did start meetings with third party uh, different resource groups to bring in to start on an internal resource in the over mm -hmm. the coming weeks, uh, whether you call it an internal resource or exploration model that helps with addressing the updated commodity prices, looking at what is the correct density factor to apply on these zones. So I think for us, it's a moving target. I think that Producing a resource should always be a moving target for a company. And mm -hmm. what I mean is tracking our internal tonnage against the value that we're creating with the drill bit to, to recognize when there's a disconnect in value. So like Great Bear, if we're getting if we're getting rewarded on the drill bit, we're going to keep pushing that resource down the road. 
But if there's yeah. a disconnect with the market that we're not getting value for what we're doing through the drill bit, then we'll bring that out sooner. But overall, I think we have to produce a PEA to complete our option that we believe we're going to be able to complete in two years. So I think definitely by the two-year mark, we'll be in a position to produce a resource. But we will monitor that because we could be in a position as early as by the end of the year to to bring that out if if warranted. Yeah, and plus if people are following along, they can always model it themselves. You know, there's a lot of really intelligent people out there now just uh, lurking around the internet that have uh, leapfrog and and are, are modeling deposits in, in three dimensions for for people to uh, to make their own uh, deductions as far as uh, tonnage and, and uh, you know economic value. I've seen some people doing their own their own wireframing, which is really fascinating. Well, that's a good point, and I think the quality of what we we're putting together is we've also attracted. Um, we've had great meetings with quality analysts over the last month. So those mm-hmm. are individuals that could also help outline that potential for the market and investors. Yeah. So our goal is is to have some analyst coverage over the coming months with quality analysts that are well-known in Quebec. So whether or not we're able to get there, but we've had some good conversations and those could be individuals that could help speculate on this in the short term. So uh, I remember before... Um that there may have been an issue that the tonnage was underreported, not only because of using you know commodity prices, which were much lower than today, but also because of the uh, the density. Uh, so, did they apply just like a bulk density across the whole thing, or did they did they zone it out to you know the as, you know, zinc and copper? They all have different densities and and whatnot. So, how, by what kind of factor do you do you think that maybe uh, the density has been underreported? Or is that something you can't discuss? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, they did density on, on a regular basis, um, historically. Um, so we think that there's the, the number used are more representative of, of disseminated mineralization. And uh, if we decide to, to discriminate a, a higher grade part in, for each, for the copper gold or the zinc-rich mineralization, um, this, this type of density, like in the range of 2.75 to 2.85 it's 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 quite low for this type of material oh, so yeah yeah sure and 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 the the, uh, the resource model <clears throat> highlighted that quite well so we need we need to uh, to increase the the frequency of this measurement and mm-hmm. be sure to cover um, to have a good good collection of data coming from mineralized interval and we'll see the difference it's most in, in most places, it's not truly massive sulfide. It's it, it is composed of a, a network of of uh, veins and pods uh, um, of of calcopyrite, for example. So yeah. visually, we have it's it's it, it it's um there's a good uh, it there's a lot of training to be able to for example for the course geologist to be able to uh, describe the rock with the right the right percentage of sulfides. Uh, and it will be the same for density. When you look at it, you think, oh, this is like a 20-person calcopyrite. But we need we need to, to do the an, uh, a documentation of these uh, initial assessment. So with with the ongoing ongoing program, we'll build the the density database and and we'll see what type of of uh, density we 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 can attach to uh, to 
demineralization per sector per percentage of uh, of sulfides or will and and as john mentioned we are working with the uh, assistance of uh, an experienced uh, resource group for doing that good good so so it so <laughs> what i hear then is that, that historically they used around a two seven and as far as my experience in, in these types of deposits and that uh, conservative, you know, if, if I was thinking more of like a 3-2, that'd be reasonable for me for my own modeling around there or something, something or yeah. more appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. That, that, that helps. Um, so, uh, so you're going to look at, expanding this deposit you got all this drill and you're, you're, you're fully funded you know as far as work commitments you have uh i think it's uh like 12 million over four years which you're basically fully funded for with with the money that you raised so that that's that's fantastic yeah, and that's seven, all yeah seven and a half over four years to earn 50 percent. so we'll, we'll we will earn 50 percent of the asset as at the end of 2024 Right, and then to go, go, it's another uh, four million, I believe, to go to eighty percent. Uh, it's another seven, so it's fourteen and a half million overall to earn eighty. So we'll yeah. be well ahead of our seven-year option, and our goal is to complete it within two years. Okay, great, great. Um, now the, the, there's some uh, metallurgy that has been done historically. Um, how does that stack up to uh, your expectations or or other? other deposits in the area. Yeah, so I the 2018 testing has strong recoveries with 98.1% on the copper gold and then I think it was around 96% on the zinc silver. And you look at the Salbay mine next door that has strong recoveries and no ore contaminants. So overall it's a great starting point. Uh, what are you, what are your thoughts Martin? Yes. Yes, sure that it's not the metallurgy was done uh, with a bulk approach, and uh, super, they, they separated the uh, three or four different concentrates. Um, but we know that the copper gold part is probably uh, like more was the recovery was was more efficient. There's uh, there's a lot of work to do because it's uh, part of the advantage of the deposit. But we have like rich silver in some places and comp more complex uh, uh, polymetallic sulfides in other areas. And uh, the first pass of metallurgy highlighted that there's like regrind re requires and uh, some strategic uh, choices to be done. Um, do we try to uh, to hydrate the silver as much as possible or, or do we want to sell a, like a, a high High quality uh, copper concentrate, high quality zinc concentrate, and something that has less um, less less concentration of metals. But the remaining material is it does it? We'll see. We'll see that what type yeah. of, of strategy um, we'll use for that. Just to say that preliminary, we have good recovery numbers for all metals, and there's a list of uh, optimization to work on. Yeah, I, I that that's great. I guess the point I'm I'm going to go back to my very little speech at the beginning, where we're talking about a company that has a uh, a market cap of you know 31 million Canadian with almost half in cash and with a large deposit pretty defined that has metallurgy that uh, recoveries are well in the 90s. 
as far as, uh, you know, for people listening, as far as the, you know, the, the checklist of de-risking and, and, and how you value that. Uh, to me, that just says that the current company is considerably undervalued because of, of, of all these de-risking events. Like, you have to redrill this resource, even to find a resource like this, and then to spend a few years drilling it, it be $35 million to drill it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's such a compelling proposition. Uh, so you've also, uh, we got there, we got about eight minutes. So John, yeah, you started assembling, uh, the dream team, as I call it. So you brought on Shane Williams and, and, uh, Eric Alio. Um, so how are you looking at the team now? So I know some of these guys have, have uh, uh, put into production experience uh, uh, type of background. So uh, are you building a, a team in the event that you decide to take this over the line yourselves? Or how are you well, thinking think about it? We, we always want to have options. I think this is always a moving target. I think in our experience, looking at the Lassonde curve and, and, and where where a lot of value is created a lot of times the sweet spot is in the high re high growth resource stage mm -hmm. uh, like you look at a great bear and the liquidity event that happened there and i think that if if the factors line up i think that that would be that could be in the cards for b26 and abitibi but at the yeah. same time you hit tough market conditions where that isn't a reality so we need to be nimble and have the ability to go whether it's to position the company for a liquidity event or to take this through to production with the right people. So I think, uh, I think we see, we see our, our experiences on a liquidity event before production, but at the same time, we don't want to be handcuffed by hoping for that. So we will have the pieces yeah. in place and continue to evaluate what makes the most sense for shareholders. Yeah, that's great. Well, I know it's also like the uh, just these strategic investors that you have. You brought on uh, Frank Justro, which is uh, you know he's a mind builder himself. Uh, you know Shane Williams uh, with he's over at uh, West Red Lake Gold, which also um, Mr. Justro is a part of and has been very forward about. We're going to make this put it into production, so you you'll have a have a nice deep bench should should it go that way. Um, but the real fun is seeing how big this can all get, right? Yeah, exactly. how, how valuable it'll be. Um, yeah, so uh, we, we should, I'd like to talk um, briefly, if you would, about the other property, the uh, Besher, I probably didn't pronounce that correctly, so forgive me. But it's a very interesting gold uh, property, and you've had historic, if, if you could remind us some of the results there and the work that is coming up on that one. Yeah, so Besher for. Uh, we drilled 9,000 meters. Our headline intercept, Abitibi operated, was about 4.92 grams per ton gold over 28.65 meters. So that was in the central shallow zone. So we've been successful in in, in adding a 100 plus gram per ton metal factor intercept amongst three already spread out amongst the central shallow and the east zone, while extending the strike length of the system up to about 200 meters to the northeast. So we have met our objectives and 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 help show the potential at that this asset but what the nice thing the b26 allows us to do at beshifer is to take riskier drilling on take the blue sky drilling that will make a difference and and take this from being a nice complementary asset to adding 
depth to our valuation. So we will be drilling 2,000, at least 2,000 meters in March at Bashafer, okay. and we will be drilling 4,000 meters over the entire year to, to finish and earn 100% ownership of this asset. So given that it's only seven kilometers away from B26 and that we have seen some early stage polymetallic signs amongst this gold system, it is a great complementary asset and 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 we do and part of our goal of consolidating the district as a whole because we do think as this cycle goes on that there's other discoveries to be made along this trend yeah and the, and the thing i was thinking i may be wrong about this because it is so close and you've got some really nice high grade close to surface that the bar for bechefer as far as tonnage uh doesn't have to be that high because it could in the end Maybe you take a million or two million tons just off the top, the shallow part there, and truck it because of the grade is, you know, it's amenable to, to trucking when you're talking about ore that's, you know, seven, eight, ten. You've got, you know, well, you know, 50 grams per ton kind of, kind of material um, that can very easily uh, come in if, if the metal, you know, metallurgy works with um, the same as, as B26. but. If you're going to do a uh, a copper gold uh, stream there and have the, the gold report to the copper concentrate, if it, if it works out, then that's a, a really high IRR, IRR project that really low capex to, to just truck some of the ore from there to to B26. Uh, is that a reasonable reasonable thought? You know, granted, you need a lot more information, but potentially, uh, would that something like that be? Uh, a possibility. I would agree. What are your thoughts, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we know that the the Bishopper mineralization is shallow dipping also. So we, we think that close to surface we can it's an exercise we haven't done so far, but yeah. it's 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 part of the of the the list um to, to try that complete the drilling close to surface someday and, and uh see what type of uh what type of Exploration target we have there. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, it's that one plus one equals three possibility that maybe people aren't really thinking about because they are so close together and it's predominantly gold. And there's a high gold value in the B26 that uh, you'll probably optimize that uh, recovery stream. So uh, it's very, they're very fascinating, very interesting indeed. Oh, so uh, we're at we're at the two minute mark here before Zoom kicks us off. Uh, I guess uh, capital structure. Uh, what's your capital structure looking like as far as warrants or anything like that? I know the answer, but I just want I'll let you say it. Yeah, well, it's very clean in the fact that we have ninety eight million shares. A lot of that is still held by my family office and and strategic investors. So it's very tightly structured for ninety eight million. We have fourteen and a half million dollars in cash as of today. We have no warrants, well, 400,000 in broker warrants. Um, so really, we have very limited overhang. So I think this will be a responsive stock as we release drill results and other developments and, and really, I think, continue to, to support the value proposition at B26. And, um, and we'll, we'll, we're well on, well on track to have results out by PDAC, and we're uh, very excited to be able to elaborate on those to the market. Excellent. So, yeah, with all the drilling you're planning on doing, it sounds like uh, once those first results come out, we should see a wave just every few weeks of assay after assay. Oh, last question before they cut us off here. 
Uh, have you compensated me in any way to produce this content? No, I haven't. Excellent. That's right. I'm just a shareholder. I'm just a guy who writes checks. Uh, so we're coming down to the final seconds here. Martin, thank you very much for, for sharing your knowledge with us. And John, thank you for um, meeting with me. And uh, I'll, I look forward to sharing this with other investors that are interested in, in learning a little bit more about uh, how to evaluate investments and, and particularly the company. So thank you for your time, gentlemen. Likewise. Thank you. The opportunity. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we'll be talking uh, fairly soon after results come out. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's my conversation with John Deleuze and Martin of Abitibi Metals that uh, happened, uh, well, more than 45 minutes ago. Um, one, one thing I want to correct uh, off the top when I quoted the market cap, I, I actually quoted the US dollar one. So it's, let me, let me reiterate that correctly. So the market cap is 49 million, right? The B26 is at 115,000 meters of drilling done. Uh, at about $300 a meter, you're looking at to recreate this resource and assuming you're successful in doing that, that would cost you about $34.5 million. Back that out of the market cap, you're left with $14.5 million. Their cash is $14.5 million. So you're essentially paying nothing, nothing, no premium, nothing to get this at this stage that would have taken about four years to get to. Uh, and in other companies' hands, and the risk of actually not finding an economic deposit or conceivably economic deposit. And then you're getting the Bechisher for free, the metallurgy for free, which also de-risks the project. It's in the 90s. You're getting a resource that has likely been underreported in size due, due to an uh, underreported density factor, which sounds like it should be about 15% higher, which would translate into about another 2 million tons added to the resource. So then you go from about 12 to 14 million tons. You get for free a clean capital structure, 98 million shares out, virtually no warrants except for 400,000 broker warrants from the financing at 70 cents, which is at you know 40% above the current uh, price of the stock, as well as uh, over 60% insider ownership and high net worth individuals. That is crazy. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I like to hedge my, my downside, right? And this, to me, I have perfectly hedged my downside. Doesn't mean it it won't. It, it doesn't mean that it can't go awry, right? You know, this is uh, junior mining investing. It's a very risky proposition, but you always look for opportunities to to hedge yourself. So I've hedged myself with the team, a very high highly skilled team. I've hedged myself because they are the largest shareholders of this company, so they have an economic incentive to uh, uh, not dilute the hell out of shareholders and advance this project quickly and economically and, and, and in a way that is, uh, you know, smart to do so. Um, I've also hedged myself with a really good resource in a tier one jurisdiction that's of a very good grade that uh, already has the scale and size that potentially you could do a PEA on this, uh, you know, but it's going to get bigger. And that 14.5 million in the bank, uh, the property, the option is all work commitments. So that every dollar they spend is going to create more value. And generally a company isn't going to spend a dollar to create a dollar's worth of value because that's a, that's a net zero gain, you know, um, 
you look at uh, some of the metrics in, in, in the gold sector where companies, are, they spend $5 to $10 to add an ounce to their books. Here, I suspect we'll see much of the same. Uh, so every dollar they spend, when they do actually put out a resource and economics on it, should create at least five ten dollars of, of of value to the company. So I suspect that fourteen point five million will at least add another seventy five to one hundred and forty million of value to the market cap of the company o- over that time, especially as they get to that critical mass. Uh, which, in my opinion, is about 20 million tons, which actually could end up being less because of the Bessieshire property. Because if you run the economics on something where they, even if it's like 200,000 ounces or 100,000 ounces that they truck over from shallow from the Bessieshire at a very good grade, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 grams per ton, you know, you truck that over, add it to the mill, the IRR on that is going to be exceptional. And you do that early in the life of the project because then your 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 payback is substantially quicker. The uh, the credit you get on the NPV evaluation is substantially higher because it diminishes with each year. You get less, you get a discount of of, of each dollar uh, as you go out, uh, you know, past, you know, from day one. But once you get to around um, 10, 11 years, it's almost uneligible. The you know each dollar of 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 uh, of cash flow, you get like 10 cents added to your NPV, whereas in the in the first two years, you're capturing almost the majority of that. So um, yeah, that's that's uh, Abitibi Metals. You know, that's that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, I think uh, because it's such a new story and a new company, and that this property has never been valued in the public markets, that once they start releasing drill results. And it starts compounding because they're cashed up and they're running uh, two drill rigs and we'll have thousands and thousands of meters being released in the next three months uh, that, you know, favorable results, I suspect will be rewarded in the market. Um, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, uh, that's how I'm looking at it. Do, do your own homework. You know, everything that I've talked about is available in the public market. Uh, you can find on SEDAR the, the public filings. You can Google the B26 deposit and find some of the historic uh, work that was done by uh, Sokerman, uh, which is really interesting. Um, the stuff in French, you can run through a, tra- uh, a Google Translator, uh, some translation programs out there, so you can read it in English if that's your preferred language. Uh, but, yeah, it's very, very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Oh, and I was uh, reflecting on, on what we just talked about Um you know, Martin, well, he has uh, had a new geological model that he was looking at this. And, uh, you know, they pretty much confirmed that it's being proved up through the drilling that they've been doing. So uh, we'll see how that reflects in the coming results. That's it. Uh, good luck to you all. And uh, I'll be talking with Abitibi again as we get some more concrete results and, and start modeling our own, uh, our own evaluation. Uh, based on uh, the success uh, that they have. All right. Have a good day.